Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. As always, I'm your host, Daniel Kite, manager of Vice President Kamara Harris, here again to break down last week's results and look forward to the week to come, week six. We're already a third of the way through the year so much, it's just uh, time is flying, the leaves are changing, it's that magical time of the year, uh, and I'm really glad to have a guest on the show with me that will help me kind of explore that magical time that we're in right now. But before we get to him, I'm just going to quickly recap the results of the week for those who didn't check in on it. We're going to start with the biggest blowout of the week, Show Me the Mooney, absolutely wrecking Team Tony, 150-87. to 87. And, and then we go to the next biggest blowout of the week. We have the second worst drafted team managed by Paul knocking off Mikey 157 to 100. Uh, the, the scores this week were intense. Continuing that trend, we got Obi John Kenobi knocking off D Hop <sighs> 144 to 100. We've got Anal Beer and Kittles knocking off Bag of Mixin 119 to 109. Fields of Wet Dreams narrowly losing out to Sony side up. The horseshoes and Steve's ass are probably the size of two feet at this point. Sony side up knocks off Fields of Wet Dreams 117 to 115. And then finally in my own matchup against Chief Chasers, uh, the Chiefs didn't come out to play and the Bills did, which led to a 114 to 92 victory for the good guys on Vice President Kamara Harris's team. Uh, but without further ado, I feel like we've been having a, a pretty consistent run here of players who've been showing out strong in the year so far. Uh, and, and this week is no different because we have this week's top scoring team, the manager of that team here on the pod to discuss last week's results. And this week with us here on the pod, making his first appearance of the year, we've got second worst drafted teams manager, Paul V on the line. Paul, how we doing? Good, how are you doing? <laughs> Hey, man, you know, it's been a day, just the uh, same old, same old, just excited to talk a little fantasy football and get to talk to someone who was really uh, kind of taken on the role and the mantle that was given to him at the beginning of the year. <laughs> you've, you've just been steering, you've been steering right into being the second worst, and I think it's been working out really well for you. I think I went from the second worst to being the second best right now, so. <laughs> it's, you, you could definitely be doing a lot worse. Second best is doing pretty good. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Paul, why don't you tell us, you know, your, your reaction to that. So, like, I'm curious, like, you know, uh, there's a bunch of ways you could have gone when you heard that. You could have been butthurt. You could have been bitter. But uh, you've really steered into it. What's, what's your mindset been with fantasy this year and kind of dubbing yourself and steering into that label? Well, I mean, when I first heard the well, after the first original draft I had, I know Mikey messaged me and asked me how uh, – how I feel about my team, and um, realistically, I thought it was pretty decent. I thought I did an okay job drafting my team, but then when I heard the podcast and you guys um, uh, put me at that low of a number, and then, you know, Mikey jumped in and agreed, and so did Danny, you know, kind of lit a little fire under my ass, you know, and then I can't lie, at first I was really hurt, you know, that's why I changed my name to the second worst drafting team, right? So, I mean, I believe that was the first week that I won, and the second week I got crushed by Danny. I think it was I think I got like 50 points. I think that might be one of the lowest scoring weeks that we've ever had in this fantasy, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. But um, that's when I was like, 
damn, maybe they are right. Maybe I do have a the second worst drafted team, you know. But then um, things started picking up. You know, I made a trade with you that turned out for the better for me, um, so far at least. And, um, yeah, no, my team has just been playing well. Um, it does help that I've also had one of the least uh, points against against me um, as well. I think I'm actually one of the bottom ones that's worth the point against. But uh, it does make me feel good to be the second on point four for the season for sure. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, that there have been chump scores against you really either. I mean, 100 points, I mean, this week was a low number, but that's typically a pretty good score to go up against. Tony only putting up 90 points maybe isn't a, a huge showing. But, uh, yeah. you know, overall, I mean, outside of that one week against Danny, I think your team's really shown up well. And, God, I, I, I want to talk about that trade a little bit more because I'm I'm curious. <laughs> not, I don't even feel upset about it still. I, it is, I am a little bit butthurt that uh, James Robinson uh, has kind of stepped in and fulfilled that RB1 potential that uh, I was hoping that he would have. I, I really didn't think it was going to happen under Urban Meyer. And it may not. I, I'm... There's new worries about how he might be the only weapon in that offense, so he might just have a stacked box to go up against for the rest of the season, so there's things there. But uh, And I still have a hard time thinking Jamar Chase is going to score a touchdown every week, but I feel... I don't know about you. Have you, have you been watching Jamar Chase's games at all? Yeah, no, actually, I'm in a couple other leagues, and uh, Jamar Chase is... Uh, I, I drafted him in a few of my other leagues as well. Um I would. I just took a gamble, right? At the end of the day, and like uh, he already played with uh, Joe Burrow and uh, LSU, I believe, right? Um, yes. So they have that chemistry already. And I mean, later in the round, like the rounds that I drafted him in, other leagues were like later on, anyways. So it's just a, at a point, it was just a gamble, right? If he blows up, then I hit a treasure, and if he doesn't, then you know I drop him and pick somebody else up, right? But um, that's why I was surprised that uh, you you were willing to let him go. To be honest with you, because my deal with him was. I mean, the, the, the volume was there. It was clear that, you know, he did have some chemistry there. But I just kept seeing touchdowns that he had that just looked really fluky, like weird blown coverages. That yeah, if, like wide you know, open ones. That like eight or nine times out of ten the defensive <laughs> player is going to make, but they just seem to not make them around Jamar Chase. Like the, the touchdown he just scored last week. Like, the, the Packers' safety just completely whiffed. Like, it should have made a play any other time, but just completely missed out on it. So, when I saw that, I was like, of, of course, I've traded away Jamar Chase. Of course he's going <laughs> to, you know, get that uh, that break there. But So, in my brain, I'm, like, trying to rationalize to myself that Jamar Chase is going to chill out eventually and kind of go back and probably settle into, like, a nice, comfortable wide receiver 2 status rather than, like, the WR1 that he's looking mm -hmm. like. I think yeah. there's also still a, a very real chance that even with Diggs probably getting himself together and turning out nicely, uh, there's a definite chance that I may be regretting this trade as the year goes on. Well, here's the thing. Like, I mean, in my opinion, like for you, Tom, for me, Robinson and, and uh, Jamar Chase, it's because you, you, your team is already pretty much stacked already where you're able to give someone with those players to get um, Diggs back in return, right? And with, Ridley and Diggs together on your WR. It's a solid WR um, core right there. And then you got Kamara as well. Uh, and then hopefully, you, I mean, I'm thinking that you're hoping Damian Williams or uh, uh, Harris, you know, ends up being good for you as well, right? Because you don't really have yeah. another solid RD right now ever since you let go. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the ultimate overall hope is that, 
yeah, Williams and Harris can carry me in the RB2. And at least in the short term, Williams feels like a pretty good bet for me. Harris, I'm hoping, will get it together as the season goes on. The The fact that he didn't score in double digits last week is kind of baffling to me. And I am, even yeah. though I won last week, I am, I am still very butthurt about him having a touchdown turn back and turn into a fumble recovery. Because I feel <laughs> like just, not even just from a fantasy perspective, but I feel like Bill Belichick seeing that would have been like, all right, this is dope. Like, he's got two touchdowns. Life is good. And instead, the refs arbitrarily just took it away from him and completely changed the shape of that game. I, I was very upset when I saw that call. And I, I don't understand what the hell the refs saw on it. Uh, but I'm hoping that if if he's okay, you know, if those ribs aren't too banged up, that, uh, you know, he might still have a chance to play against the Cowboys and, and potentially play well. I don't know how much I trust him this week, but, uh, you know, I still have faith in Harris. I still have faith in Damian Williams for the next few weeks. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm hopefully going to do okay on that front. But, uh, you know, why don't you talk about your week last week? I mean, you, you put up 157 points. Like, your team just exploded there. That Colts and Ravens game uh, really netted a lot of points when it didn't seem like it might early on. Uh, why don't you talk us through the week that was, Paul? You know, what were some things that you were happy to see from your team? Things that you were maybe disappointed by, if it's possible to be disappointed uh, during <laughs> a 157-point week? Talk us through it. I mean, yeah, that Sunday, I mean, that Monday night game, uh, started out pretty slow with the Baltimore. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Lamar Jackson had, like, what? How many yards he had in the first half? It was really low, I think. He tried picking it up really, really, really largely in the second half, though. Ended up with, yeah. I think he scored like 30 fantasy points in the second half or something like that. Um, aside from that, uh, Robinson, I mean, see, here's the thing about Robinson, too. Like, he is good. Uh, he's been really good for me. I'm not knocking on him by any means because I'm really grateful about how he's been playing. Uh, but, like, hopefully he can, like, keep this rate of scoring going. But, you know, I don't – I see him cooling down a little bit. But um, he did do really well last game for sure. Um, aside from that, Jake is starting to pick up a little bit as well. Um, he, he, he's, he does your average thing uh, for me. I mean, he was in for two weeks with a step toe or something like that, or some turf toe, I believe. Um, Debo Samuel, uh, yeah, he's been really, he's been a really big surprise to me too as well. Because anybody, I mean, I remember when I dropped him, everyone was worried. I, even I was worried that he was going to get injured um, because he's injury prone. I'm pretty sure every season he does end up getting injured. Um, so knock on wood that he hasn't gotten injured for me yet. Um, but uh, aside from that, yeah, he's been doing really well for me too as well. Uh, and then we just discussed Jamar Chase. Um, you know, six for ten, the 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 volume is there. And yeah, you're right. Sometimes like he just seems like he's wide open, like like as if like you question yourself, how do you even get that wide open? You know what I mean? So um, hopefully he continues that. Disappointment is maybe if I had to put something out there would be my tight end. You know, Noah Faint. Um, but aside from that, like, he'll bounce back. I'm sure he will get an off game because, you know, Denver didn't really play that well anyways against the Steelers last week. Um, and, uh, Taylor killed it for me. Yeah. So overall, I'm pretty, pretty happy about my team. I mean, the last couple of weeks, I've been really happy about my squad. Um, so hopefully it can uh, continue on going that way for me. Yeah, absolutely. I got to say. I think we've already mentioned on the podcast before, but Debo Samuel is a guy. I think he might be the biggest surprise out of our draft for me. I, I really, uh, I don't know why, but 
you know, the fantasy community was kind of down on him. And I guess that kind of swayed me too. Like I was really shocked to, uh, not shocked to see him go when he did, but I didn't think that he would return much value in the sixth or seventh round when you took him. And it's clear that he is, uh, you know, just the most favorite target out there in San Francisco right now. And is looking fairly set to at the, at the minimum, be a high-end wide receiver two or a low-end wide receiver one kind of moving forward. That's that's a huge surprise for me and definitely something that I think uh, should excite you moving forward because that Samuel Chase one-two punch uh, with a bit of supporting cast there from Julio and Galladay, you know, who are all dealing with their own injuries and stuff right now, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a very nice-looking wide receiver core that you have there. Yeah. I mean, have, having him in the late round, keep choosing him, but it, it's 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 really good if I want to keep him for next year's keeper, keeper, right? Because I mean, I think I dropped him in like I think the sixth or seventh, so it's it's great value for me, you know, if I if I decide to keep him. Yeah, exactly, and uh, that would look nice too, because then you get those two solid wide receivers locked up. You can start applying the strategy, you know, in our league, which is always it seems to be, you know, take your wide receivers as early or take your running backs as early as possible. Because if you know you got two pretty solid wide receivers laid on, you know, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to uh, draft those running backs earlier. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul Dynasty, starting right now. <laughs> I can, you're you're going to be the new, uh, the new Patriots there. Um, I'm going to stay humble, though, because, you know, there's, <laughs> been a lot, there's a lot of times in this league where people start boosting up their squad and, you know, some stuff happens and they start falling. So, you know, I'm going I'm to stay humble. <laughs> My my job my goal on the pod this year is to just kind of try and guide and force people uh, to try and talk shit and try and get as cocky as I was last year. I, I'm really trying to make people fall into that trap, but you've avoided me this time. You've you've done well. I'm pretty sure you're mis- you doing that last year is what has people thinking about staying humble this year. So you got yourself which makes, me, which makes me upset because I feel like people don't realize how much fun I had doing it last year. You know, like yeah. the, the the highs are great, but the lows are low. This is true. I'm I'm pretty sure you made one statement last year. I can't remember what it was. I think Danny was on the cast of that week, and um, I'm pretty sure you said that you have more odds to win the the whole entire thing than everybody else combined, or something like that. Something silly. I don't remember though. I wish I could quote it. I stand by it. I had I had a juggernaut <laughs> team last year. I, I stand by you my did. statements. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Let's not live in the past anymore. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I can I can think about that year. It's still a little bit too raw to think about. Uh, let's talk about some of the other matchups we saw take place in the league this uh, this past week. There, uh, I want to. I mean. Paul, I'm going to ask the question that I think is probably at the top of everyone's mind. Uh, is Nick ever going to win a matchup in this league this year? Honestly, I'm going to say, yeah, he's, gonna, he's, not gonna, he's not going to drop a goose egg. He's going to win a matchup. Do you think he's winning this week against Mikey? I mean, we got basically our two lowest ranked teams here. If there's going to be a team that he beats up, it's got to be Mikey. Honestly, if he, I mean, it's going to be tough right now, but I think that he could pull it off. But if he did have Saquon and Montgomery in, yeah, I think he would slap Mike on this week. You know, because those guys are injured from, um, it's going to be tough. But, yeah, I honestly, personally, I don't like Mikey's team. But um, I think that I think that um, he could have a chance to beat, beat Mikey this week, yeah. 
I think he definitely does, because I think Devontae Booker is providing, like, he, he spelled Barkley really well in the last game, and, uh, you know, I get that the Rams are a, a tough defense to, to do work against, but at the same time, I mean, if there's still, there's only so many people that are getting the ball in New York right now, because of all the injuries that are happening, you know, we need to see who's going to actually be back on the field, but at, at some point, it might just be you know, Booker and Kadarius Tony, who are the only people on the field that he can throw to, and maybe Evan Ingram's, uh, you know, rotting corpse that seems to continue to be running around the field. Uh, so I, I think Booker's in for a nice week. I think Jalen Waddell is probably going to go off pretty well, and, you know, he's he's been a target monster for a little bit there in Miami, so I think that'll continue. And, uh, you know, I think there's I think things are looking up for Nick. I feel like I've said that every single week and he's continued to lose. So maybe it's not looking up that well. But I mean, this is one of those, uh, you know, unstoppable force meets an immovable object, except like the opposite for how bad they are. So, I mean, one of these teams is going to have to win uh, unless we get our first ever tie, which would just be thrilling. I'm that's the outcome (laughs) that I'm rooting for. Uh, but I'm 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 pulling for Nick this week. I'm hoping that he's able to take the victory that, frankly, he probably deserves at this point over a team like Mikey's, who's just kind of scrapping by. I'm honestly surprised that he hasn't won yet. Uh, like I mean, his team is it's not bad by any means. I mean, he's got Hopkins. I mean, Hopkins hasn't been you know he's been playing decently, pretty well. But you know he could probably be doing better. Uh, you know, Saquon was starting to pick up, and you know, unfortunately, he got injured. Uh, but the second that, you know, to my boys, is there, he's pretty good. And he's at uh, Mark Andrews as a tight end, which is doing pretty well as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm honestly surprised that he hasn't squeezed one out yet. Yeah, and I think that'll come around. Now, I'm, I'm going to follow up with another question here that maybe connects to some of the big results. So we've had a lot of teams go off for a ton of points recently, some big scores, some big winners. I want to ask, you know, we're a little bit too early in the year for contenders and pretenders. I think we'll do that in a couple weeks here. But I, I just want to put it out there, Paul. Like, is there is there a team or two that you feel, uh, you know, is going to be a big challenge to to win the title as the year goes on? Who do you think is kind of pacing themselves out uh, as a, a league favorite right now, maybe other than yourself? Ooh, that's a tough question. It's only between two people really that I see right now. I mean, this um, this Steve character though, this new guy that just joined our league. I mean, his team is um, it's a pretty solid team. Um, looking at it, like I mean, Tristan playing out of his mind as well. Uh, Jones is being Jones. Uh, Metcalf has started to take away from Lockett a little bit. Um, you know, Henry Higgins, Carson. Um, but, but but then you know John's got John's been on a roll too. He's like for like Brady's been on a stupid roll um, this season, and he's also got the number one running back right now for yards and Henry. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be between like the standings right now. It's gonna be between I think John and Steve have um have a really good chance to go all the way. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop uh, the uh, a hot take here. And I don't know how hot it is, or maybe it's a, a lukewarm take. I think, well, I don't think, I know, Steve is a combined six or seven points away from being a one and four team instead of a four and one team. Oh, yeah, and, and I think yeah. that he should change his name to, uh, you know, just horseshoes, honestly, because of how well these weeks have gone for him. 
I'm going to be curious to see if Steve is able to carry this momentum moving forward and if we don't see a drop-off coming up soon. Uh, because, frankly, uh, the, the, the fluke victories can only go for so long. Uh, and I know he's going to be listening. I know he's going to be fiery once he hears this. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to stirring some shit up in the, uh, in the group chat. Uh, so, Paul, am I? I know, I know you kind of spoke out in support there. Am I? Am I completely <laughs> off base, or uh, do you think there might be some merit to the suggestion that Steve uh, could be seeing some regression coming? I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to start seeing regression later on through the season from their players, anyways, regardless. But uh, honestly, sometimes you need to get those uh, one-two point squeeze zone wins, right? Especially when it comes to the playoff time. You know, it does. It's a one week. One, it's a one-week matchup thing, right? So if he's able to squeeze out these one-point wins right now, then, like, yo, if he's able to do it later on, good for him, you know? But, like, looking at his points for right now, I mean, he's in the middle of the pack. Um, and, I mean, points against as well. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he's up there for points against, too. So, I mean, I still think he's doing all right. I mean, but it's between him and, and John. I think John's got a really solid team as well. All right, fair enough. I find that mm-hmm. I find that interesting. I I I was gonna I was trying to lead you to maybe talk a little bit about Andre's team because he had a huge week even with no second running back. If he even had a second running back, he would have outscored you this week. Yeah. But, uh, what do you think about his team? Andre's team. I was gonna mention him as the third person, anyways, um, to be um, somewhere at the end of the the finish line at the top up there because his team is picking it up. Uh, but you know, honestly, like fuck Andre, right? Like, I mean, it's just become a, a known thing, you know what I mean? Like, it seems just every year, everybody hates on him, but I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, um, Prescott's playing out of his mind the last couple of games. Uh, Gibson's doing his thing now, too, picking it up. Uh, Adams, always Adams. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I mean, you know, he's a hell of a, he's a, hell of a player, too, man. So I think that if he does get uh, his hands on, like, another RB that he can side in with um, with Gibson, like someone that's stronger than who he has right now, maybe trade for someone or, you know, maybe if someone gets injured, pick him up on the waiver wire or something, I think he would have a – yeah, he's going to have a really solid team. He's got, he's got Hollywood Brown too. So, yeah, he's got I a really good a team. Realistic, there's a realistic chance that Elijah Mitchell could be that starter. Like he he started sermon for for whatever reason with uh, Mitchell coming off the uh, injured uh, list, but uh, you know Mitchell could hypothetically be that San Francisco running back that you know powers Andre forward. Now the thing is, how do you trust San Francisco running backs? It seems like a crapshoot every week. Uh, but you know what, Andre very clearly has some depth when it comes to wide receiver. Uh, you know Adams Jefferson. Uh, Brown, I I don't know how I feel about Brown. Like he's getting a ton of deep ball work from Jackson this year, which has been uh, great for like these booms that uh, he has. But I feel like Brown's floor uh, is also quite low, uh, so that might be a little bit concerning. But again, right now, wide receiver six in PPR leagues, hard to be too uh, upset with that. So yeah. like if you can, and and Co- Cortland Sutton is just rotting on the bench there. I know I've already tried to pry Cortland Sutton away in a trade, uh, but if I was Andre, I'd be trying to move Sutton or one of those other wide receivers, uh, even maybe one of the stronger wide receivers like a Jefferson or an Adams, uh, to try and you know fill in that second running back spot because he's so strong. I think there that that to me would be the move. Um, I think if he moves, he can move Adams or Jefferson. 
to get someone else very strong in, in the RB position. Yeah, I don't know if he can do it with Cortland, though. Because Cortland's just an on-and-off type of guy, man. He's just, it's either, with Cortland, it's either you're finishing with, like, you know, like six points or lower, or he's 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 killing it that week with 20-plus points. You know, like, it's really hard to... Yeah, to it, it does seem that way, but I, I, I'm not I'm not too far removed from remembering, uh, you know, last year he was really banged up with injuries. I think he tore his ACL at some point during the year. But the mm-hmm. the, the year before that, he really solidified himself as a, a low-end to mid-end kind of wide receiver, too. Like, he was one of the top 20 or top 24 guys that were at that position, and he's not that far removed from that. So I, I do think there's value there, but I hear that there's definitely some concerns. Uh, let's, let's start transitioning into, I mean, we, the waiver wire's already gone past. Yeah. Not really much to look ahead to. Uh, I just, okay, I, I am going to bring up, basically this is my chance now to kind of roast, uh, people's pickups, uh, and get you to see if you can join in. Uh, and I just want to start by finding it really funny that Mikey, uh, bid $41 <laughs> against only himself. Uh, to pick up Jarek McKinnon. Uh, so I found that really entertaining. Now, obviously, with the Clyde's injury, you know, there could be some openings for uh, McKinnon to step in there. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think McKinnon's going to be able to actually uh, be worth a $41 pickup? Or has Mikey just kind of clowned himself by spending 20% of his fab budget on a guy that he could have gotten for free? Uh, yeah, I don't know if... Um... Like yeah, forty one dollars a little too high. Plus, at the same time, I mean, even if he, even if McKinnon does something, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be um, the guy there. Like, I mean, he's gonna spend time with Williams right now, right? I if believe. anything, he's the backup to Williams at this. point. Yeah, but then now they're talking about Silent Marlon Mack too as well. Um, so like you, you know, if Mack ends up going there. Um, I could see uh, McKinnon just uh, riding back the bench, and then Mikey just blew forty-one dollars for nothing. I mean, it's it's not paying one hundred and fifty-five for Elijah Mitchell, uh, which again is still <laughs> hilarious because he's played maybe one week for Andre since he picked him up. Uh, yeah. I still find that utterly hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I I have a trouble seeing that forty-one bucks be worth it, and I think uh, Mikey should be a little bit uh, embarrassed by that one. Uh, one of the surprise drops I saw also involves Andre's team, uh, seeing Devin Singletary get dropped. Now, granted, he didn't have a good week against Buffalo, saw some of his lowest usage possible, uh, so far this year, uh, got very little to any, I don't even know if he got any pass work, uh, last week, he barely rushed it. Uh, but this is also a guy that, you know, the two, three weeks ago, was basically in a timeshare and was handling 50% of these very valuable uh, Buffalo snaps here. Uh, do you think Singletary's a guy that should be rostered on people's teams, or do you think that he's, uh, you know, past it and he's not worth uh, picking up unless you're desperate? What do you think? For him, um, if you have, like, room for him, as in, like, you can draw someone that's worth him, it's not bad to have him up there because, I mean, who knows? Maybe Moss gets injured or... Uh... He'll put Singletary in, and he'll, he starts killing it. So it's not too – like, I mean, I don't know if it's – um like, they started at a timeshare, but I don't know for right now if it's completely just Zach – if it's completely Zach Moss's job already. But Moss has been heating up, and he has been playing well. Yeah, Zach Moss has definitely been looking looking real nice in these games. But I, I, there's, there's part of me that's still just – 
you know, wonders how consistent is that coaching staff going to be? It seems like they really do like riding the hot hand. And like you said, in the case of an injury, Singletary uh, basically becomes the only viable back out there. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I, I might throw a couple shekels down on him. I'm not sure, but uh, I do like the idea of having him kind of as a, a safety valve, kind of as a backup there. Maybe the question is just how high that ceiling is. With him, just, I mean, it's just almost like having like uh like Madison, you know, behind Cook. Once Cook gets down, like Madison's the only player. And, like, you put him right in, he's, he's, he's an instant RB1 in, in that kind of category. Uh, just like just like last week, right? He killed it. And I think the week before, they did really well, too. Um, so I'm pretty sure that if Masters go down, like, yeah, Singletary will be an automatic must-start kind of guy as well, you know, for Buffalo. Yeah, he definitely would, would, would move right into that starter's role. I actually think Madison mm. is probably a better back than Singletary. I think Minnesota has a, a bit of an embarrassment of riches out there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely. It'd be hard not to start Singletary if he's the only back in Buffalo. So with that in mind, Paul, we're basically at the end of the podcast here. Now, this is this is the time for parting shots. Now, I know you say you want to be humble. I know you say you want to just kind of quietly and do your thing to kind of get to the end of the year here. Paul, this week you are going up against that one of those gentlemen that uh, you called out as one of the contenders here. Uh, you're going up against Sonny Stide Up, Steve Macedo. Uh, do you have anything that you want to say to him or any of the other members of our league before we sign off? I mean, you know, I had to boost him up a little bit so he feels a little bit better about himself before, you know, um, go head-to-head with each other. Um I, I gotta stay humble, man. I can't really talk too much shit, but like, I mean, if I were to say <laughs> something, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I just, um, he's got a really good team. I, I think our matchup is going to be a really, really, really good matchup, really tight matchup as well. Hopefully it's high scoring. Um, aside from that though, uh, my parting words would just be, um, you know, F you to you, to Danny, to Mikey, to, uh, for the power ranking podcast that you guys put me at the second worst, worst team drafted. Um, I hopefully Mikey remains at the bottom, and uh, hopefully Mikey will become the first person to go from toilet bowl to champion back to toilet bowl. Though that 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 yo-yo would be very exciting, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go on the record here, and I'm going to say <laughs> I think I think you're not going to like this. I think you're <laughs> going to slap Steve this week. I think you I think your matchups work up really nicely. And I think you're gonna you're gonna humble him a little bit. Uh, so maybe that I'm, I'm putting I'm putting the podcast curse on you now. You've pr- you're probably doomed to another fifty point week at this point. Uh, but that's that's my prediction. If I do end up scoring, if I end up scoring fifty points because you said that, man. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. That's my magic touch. That's what I can do to people. <laughs> So, Paul, I, I really appreciate you hopping on the pod. It's always a joy to get to talk uh, some fantasy with y'all and get to hear that boisterous joy out here. Uh, Paul, thanks for coming on. And you know what? Here's hoping that we have you on at least another time, uh, or at least maybe yeah, even more than sure. once, should you make the playoffs. Sure. Uh, we'll have you on a few more yeah. times. Thanks for being on today, buddy. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, folks. So next week, we'll be back here, same time, hopefully earlier in the week, to make sure that we sneak waiver wires in there. Uh, We'll be looking back at the action of week six and looking ahead to week seven. But until that time, keep crying.